Hello and welcome to the Pacific Northwest Showdown podcast. Yes. We are your hosts, Michaela and Kate. Hello, everybody. We are on episode 25 of the Pacific Northwest Showdown. Yes, and we couldn't come up with what kind of like quarter life crisis to have. So we'll just have to put it off to maybe have that kind of crisis later on. Maybe when we turn 30. Oh, good, yeah. The 30th the birthday. Let's, yeah, let's put off the crisis till the decades. Let's do that. That's a good idea. Awesome. So we're really excited this week. We have a yes. very special guest joining us later on in the so, podcast. So pumped about this. So we will have defensive linemen, Seattle Seahawks, Shelby Harris yes. with us on yes. the podcast later on. And Shelby Harris was recently acquired in that Russell Wilson trade to Denver. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And, you know, we got Drew Locke. We got Shelby Harris, yep. Noah Fant, some picks. Oh, yeah. So I'm really excited to have oh, yes. Shelby on later. Yes. We're going to ask him a lot of in-depth questions about oh, what yeah. things are going to look like this upcoming season, mm-hmm. how he's adjusting to yeah. the trade, yeah. um, what it means for him, his family. Getting to know him a little bit, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Him as a, as a player, as a person. Yes. And, uh, you know, what we're looking forward to in the 2022 season for the Seahawks. So 100%. be sure to stay tuned for that. Yes. Before we talk with Shelby yeah. we do need to cover all of the Seattle sports news and updates for this week so yeah. I'm going to take us on over to the showdown lowdown let's do it coming up next all right this is the showdown lowdown it's the showdown lowdown how 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 dare it's you it's the showdown lowdown <laughs> <sighs> Kate knows. Uh, okay. If you if you have children or have been around children, you probably know at least hopefully the tune of what that song was and it drives Michaela crazy. So I don't know why it just gets stuck in my head. It's very catchy. That's the whole point of it. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, I so know. this is where we talk about our Pacific Northwest sports news and updates. And so first and foremost, yes, I want to talk about our little league team velocity that I coach and Kate is an assistant coach for. I I am. She got voluntold to do this. She has no choice. I have a visor and everything. Yeah. And she's going to get a coach Kate sweatshirt. Yeah. Um, So just wanted to share because we know that the CFAM has really helped out to donate a lot of equipment for our team to you know, learn to love mm-hmm. the game, love the sport, yeah. and to be able to develop as yeah. you know, we got to bring players. we got to bring some of that equipment out on uh, on our practices this week, and the girls were really excited about it. the The parents were all like, "Wow, that's so nice!" and like super appreciative and everything. So, um, so yeah, so Velocity really appreciates all of you. And the first game was it was so much fun. And these are five, six, and seven year olds. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know. Um, that's kind of the age group there. It's their first time playing coach pitch yep. without a T. So it's no longer T ball. They mm-hmm. are being pitched to by a coach. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so watching them attempt to hit attempt to field just that whole process. Yeah. It's, it's adorable and it's hilarious. Yeah. And it's so, it's so fun. And some of the girls, I mean, they're, some of them are really getting into it and they're really excited about it. And they really are like, like one of the girls, um, at practice on Thursday was just like, I love softball. Like she was super into it yeah. and everything. And, um, and then, you know, we've got some other kids who will softball be the thing they stick with forever. Who knows, but they're here and they're doing it. And it's, and it's the thing that they're, they're trying out right now. So yeah. it just, it's a great bunch of personalities and it's fun to see them, you know, already some, some of them are already making, um, actually they've all made progress since our first practice yeah. for sure. Um, and so it's, it's, it's been pretty fun. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and you know, there's no wins and losses. There's no wins so and losses. We, we so had we our first re- game, and report um, that. yeah, and we will just say the the rules say that you win if everybody had fun, and, and we asked the girls, and they all said they had fun, so, so we, we won. won. So we won. All right, Kate. undefeated so far. There we go. <laughs> um, can you break down the Seattle Seawolves game for us that happened this weekend? You know, I would love to actually. And the Seawolves went up against the um, defending MLR champs, the LA Guiltinis, over at Starfire on Saturday, the, the 26th. And it was pretty exciting because we got to go with Michaela's mom and stepdad, yeah. take them to their first rugby match, got to meet Broccoli Guy, got to meet Rucky. So fun. Um, 
And so Alatimu, AJ Alatimu started back in as the fly half, which was really nice to see. And it had been his birthday on Friday. So happy birthday to AJ Alatimu. Yeah. And um, on the match day, it was actually Ben Landry's birthday. So we wish him a happy birthday as well. And um, we had on this match, we also had the debut of Sam Matenga and Tayanosa. They were reserves and they came in in the second half Mm -hmm. of the match. And that was pretty great to see them here finally. And um, one of the extra really really exciting things in the match was when Martin Isefo had to to leave really quick, like right after the second half started because his wife went went into labor. labor with their first child. So welcome to the world, little Mika. Uh, happy to have you here. And, um, you know, as far as the game itself, it was frustrating at times because the first two tries attempted by the Seawolves were sent up to the Timo to the Timo to review and they were called back. And it just seemed like it was frustrating. Like, I get it. Like, if they're looking back at it and they're making that call, then they saw something. Yeah. But watching it go down, like both tries were just breakouts and it was so exciting to watch. And then all of a sudden you just see the points come off the board. Yeah. It was like, uh, you know, so so, frustrating. Yeah. And honestly, I will say it also sort of felt like maybe some stuff by LA should also have been reviewed and it wasn't. Wasn't. So it Mm -hmm. sort of felt like confusing about, well, are we reviewing all tries or we not, or, you know, whatever. So that's, I'll leave that up to people who better understand all that than me, but you know, it was an overall score of 31 to 12 and the Seawolves fell to the Giltinis. And, you know, the two teams are going to meet up again on June 5th in L.A. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this this coming week, it's a bye week for the Seawolves um, for week nine. So they'll pick it back up in New England against the Free Jacks on April 9th for uh, for week 10. And after all the games this weekend, we, we're now third in the MLR Western Conference standing. So we're just right above that line. Threshold. So we got to yeah. stay, we got to stay up, up above that line. But overall, it was good stuff. It was a lot of fun. It was fun. It was just not the outcome you want to have. John, if you're listening, it was awesome meeting you there. Yeah. At yeah. the games, you yeah. know, meeting some of the Twitter C fam out yeah. there. And, um, yeah. but great opportunity just for bringing more people to learn to love the game of rugby. My mom was getting so into she it. She was, it was, it, it doesn't was take my mom. It doesn't take much to get her excited about sports. She was a PE teacher for years. She's retired now, but she'll get it. Like she loves sports. Yeah. So she's like, like she's the kind of person in the stands when she thinks something is going to happen, she'll like start to like half stand and then she'll like sit. And then like she, and she's also mom. I love you. She's a little short. She's petite. She's yeah. She's a little short. So, but just seeing her get excited she like mm-hmm. comes off her seat a little bit and she like sits down and off her seat and you know she it, was and then i mean a couple of those the, the second try that got called back she was like what why like she was like yeah. it was like she had been a fan like her whole life pretty much it was it was awesome so so yeah it was a great it was a great experience yep all right so i'm gonna take us over to the ol rain let's do it so the OL Reign had their second match in the NWSL Challenge Cup yesterday, mm-hmm. Saturday, March 26th, yeah. and came out with a win 3-1 to one over the Angel City FC. Nice. Lasko, Cook, and Angelina were the goal scorers for the Reign in the 12th, 17th, and 50th minute of the match. Okay. So it's kind of nice. I mean, 12th and 17th minute are really close, close together, yeah. but to, it's nice to have something near the end of the match that kind of keeps yeah. the energy level up. Yeah. Um, Angel City led the match on time of possession, pass accuracy. They had fewer fouls. Mm -hmm. They had three less offsides calls Mm -hmm. and three more corner kicks than the OL Reign. So in all of those factors, you think, well, maybe they won the game. Yeah. But the Reign still came out on top. Um, Just they had three fewer shots, but they had one more that was on target. Yeah. Um, And they had obviously two more goals than Angel City FC did to win that match. That's awesome. So the Reigns next match of the NWSL Challenge Cup will be on Saturday, April 2nd at 7 p.m. Against the Portland Thorns. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. And their games, I think, are being shown on like Paramount Plus, I Mm want to say. So if you've got that or access to that, you can check it out. Um, let's talk about the Kraken though. So on the 22nd, the Kraken met, um, the Arizona Coyotes again, maybe the Coyotes, maybe the Coyotes still haven't figured it out. Anyway, this time though, they came out with a win. So with a score of four to two, we had, uh, for that one, there were three goals in the second period with two from Carson Susie, one from Daniel Sprong, who 
was acquired in a trade with the Washington Capitals last Monday. So that was his first match with the Kraken. And then we had one in the third period from Morgan Geeky. So this was our last matchup with the Coyotes for this season. And this win prevented a sweep, which was great because they've won um, the other matchups we've had against them. So mm-hmm. um, on the 26th, the Kraken were away again, playing against the LA Kings. And this score came out at 4-2 also, but this time the Kraken were not the winners. Um, a goal from Daniel Sprong in the second period was helpful, as well as the goal from Morgan Geeky in the third, but it just wasn't enough. So Daniel Sprong comes in, we trade for him, and then he gets he's gotten a two goal goals in the last two games? Yeah, both games so far. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm... I'm not mad about it at this point. No. So, um, and Dave Haxel said that in an interview that, you know, the team's working on building chemistry with the roster changes, trying to give the, the lines some practice together, you know, playing that kind of thing. And um, the Kraken will face the Kings again on Monday, the 28th. And then they'll have two rounds with the Vegas Knights at climate pledge on the 30th and the first. And then the Dallas stars will also play here in Seattle on the third. So, Kraken still have still have plenty of games left. And it was awesome just doing a shout out to to the 32 crew. Oh my gosh, who yes. We saw some of them, you know, we had to leave early, but we took my parents after we went to the Seawolves match, we took them on yep. over to 32 Bar and Grill at the yep. um Kraken Ice Community Complex there. Yeah. And the uh, 32 crew, which is the like fan club for the Kraken, yeah. they'll do special events and watch yeah. parties. Um and they were all meeting in a private room in the back there. And so, so cool. we walked back there, said hello, saw some people, also some more CFAM there. Yeah. Um, next time we'll have to see if we can stay a little longer. But it was great seeing you all. Yes. If you're listening. 32 Crew. So if you haven't uh, checked them out, you can yeah, they're on, go follow them. Go search 32 Crew. They're on Twitter. On Twitter. Yeah. And they're on Instagram as well. It's such a nice, like such a nice community of people too. It's like, solid. Really, really awesome. Yeah. Really, really awesome. All right, so on to the Seattle Mariners. The Mariners are nine games into their shortened spring training schedule mm-hmm. with a current record of four, three, and two. So okay. it's spring training. They're going to have ties. Makes sense. Um, they have nine games left before their first regular season game on April 7th against the Minnesota Twins. Okay. With the season right around the corner, Seattle Sports 710 journalist Shannon Dreyer says that the potential starting lineup could be something like this. Okay. So on second base, Adam Frazier. Okay. Ty France, first base. Yeah. Jesse Winker, left field. Mm-hmm. Mitch Hanniger as a potential DH option. Okay. Um, Eugenio Suarez, third base. Jared Kelnick, center field. Julio Rodriguez, right field. Uh, Luis Torrens, it's a uh, catcher mm-hmm. and JP Crawford shortstop. Okay. So we're looking forward to being at the first two games. The, if the you home are ones. Yeah. yeah. The, first two home games. the first two home games. Yeah. I know broccoli guy is going to be there for all three that weekend. He said, that's amazing. Yes. Yeah, so he can gonna rally. Be, he's going to be at all three, uh, 15th, 16th and 17th games. And we'll be at the 15th and the 16th. Yep. So if you have ticket tickets, if you're going to be there or if you're getting tickets and decide to go, yeah, let, let us, us know. know. Oh, that was cute how we said that at the same time. They're pretty cute people. Oh my gosh, we're adorable. But you know what else is great and adorable? The Sounders. I don't know actually if they're adorable, but they're pretty They're pretty great. But they have been on a short break, and um, they're going to actually head over to Minnesota for a match against the Minnesota United FC on April 2nd. So not a lot from them this week, but we'll see them again pretty soon here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on to the Seattle Seahawks. So here's Jeez. just a quick update on who the Seahawks have brought back and who they have signed in free agency. Yeah. I know I went over this last week, so I'm going to breeze through it just as a quick reminder of who we have brought on and brought back. Okay. And then the two new additions that we've had um, this last week. So as a reminder, we brought back Quandre Diggs, uh, free safety, defensive tackle, Al Woods, Mm -hmm. cornerback, Sidney Jones, tight end, Will Disley, um, center, Kyle Fuller, and then running back Rashad Penny. All good things. And then we have signed uh, linebacker Uchenna Nuoso from the Chargers, Artie Burns, who's a cornerback from the Bears, center Austin Blythe from the Chiefs, okay. defensive tackle, former Seattle Seahawks, Quentin Jefferson Bring from the back. Raiders. Bring yeah. him back. And the two new additions, oh my goodness, I'm going to butcher this last name, and I'm so sorry, um, our new linebacker, Joel, oh gosh, you. Buniwe? Yeah, let's just go with that. Buniwe. We'll Maybe. learn. <laughs> it's probably not even close. Sorry, Joel. Um, and we brought back former Seattle Seahawks cornerback Justin Coleman, who oh, nice. has been solid as a slot corner. 
So I'm really curious if they're going to bring him in to really strengthen that role. Uh, Yugo Amadi had struggled this last season in that position. Yeah. And um, so looking forward to seeing Justin Coleman back out there on the field. That'll be awesome. All right. We will be talking more about the Seahawks with the new Seattle Seahawks defensive lineman, Shelby Harris, again, who we have as a special guest in the upcoming segment. So please stay tuned. Looking forward to chatting with Shelby. Yes. All right. This is our special guest segment of the Pacific Northwest Showdown podcast. I'm so excited. Yeah. And we have a very special guest here with us today. New Seattle Seahawks defensive lineman, Shelby Harris, who we acquired a trade with Denver. Yes. And so, I mean, we're going to dive into this. Welcome, Shelby. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me. We are really excited. Thank you for being here. Um, You know, something that's really important to us when we have special guests on the podcast is to just get to know who you are as a person, first and foremost. So we like to kind of start off with a fun question. Um, And so the first question we have for you is outside of football, what is your favorite hobby or thing to do on your downtime? Well, <laughs> man, that's actually pretty easy. I, I'm, I actually just got done. I was on the game. I'm a, I'm a big gamer. I'm always, you know, I love, um, you know, Xbox playing Call of Duty, Madden, you know, just any game I can get my hands on. I've been playing games for a long time. So, you know, that's that's my go-to. Nice. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a gamer myself. Kayla loves the video games. Yeah. On Xbox, <laughs> Madden, I can, uh, I'm, all, I'm at the all pro level. I tried all Madden and. Uh, it's a it's a big jump from that level to all Madden. I'm like I'm throwing too many picks. It's pissing me off. <laughs> I can't. So uh, yeah, no, I'm a gamer. Yeah, too. So that's really cool to hear. Yeah. No, yeah, it's been. Oh, I've been literally playing the game since I can remember. Like we've like, since N64. Mm-hmm. You know, Super Super Nintendo N64, Xbox. We used to have, we used to be PlayStation people. Mm-hmm. But then I'm, I'm an Xbox person now. I'm, I'm religiously expert Xbox. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you got to choose either or. You do. You I really know. do. Yeah, no, yeah. It's really, you have to have, you have to have options. You cannot be like, I love both. It's like, no, which one is your favorite? Xbox mm-hmm. or PlayStation? Mm-hmm. And, you know, people have been trying to get me to go to the dark side over with PlayStation 5. And I'm just sitting here thinking, OK, I have my Xbox one and I'm going to need to upgrade it soon. They're transferring all the new games that are coming out to be, you know, Xbox XS, you know, and it's so I've been saying, OK, well, what should I do and in my heart? I'm just like it would feel wrong. Basically, my entire childhood yeah. growing up and playing Xbox from when it first came out to switching <laughs> over to not to say I had a PlayStation 2 and I played mm-hmm. like, you know, that Simpsons taxi game. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was I forget what one. that was called. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Xbox it is. I yeah, you already are getting brownie points for me <laughs> <laughs> being a gamer um, for N64. What would you say your favorite game was playing on the 64 back in the day? Oh, so it was this game I used to play. It was called Perfect Dark. Oh, yeah. Man. It's a game that my sister and I love to play. Well, yeah, I have brothers. And so it, we, it's a co-op game. It's the, it's the perfect game to play with other people. And it's like, I always thought it was interesting because you could see them doing whatever they were doing, like running around on the map and, and you know, doing all the stuff that they're doing. And like, I feel like it, after that game, it was like they stopped with the co-op games where you could play on the same system, you know, and, and do a co-op game with somebody. Now everything's online now, mm-hmm. but still you don't really get, like even, you know, I used to play with my oldest daughter, you know, we used to play zombies and you, you used to be able to play two people on the same system. Mm-hmm. Now everything's so online. So it goes, you know, you have to have two Xboxes to play on two different accounts. Yeah. That's kind of a challenge here too. Cause I'm like, I would play with you for things, but there's nothing really to, to <laughs> the screen. Yeah. Nothing really to do. I remember, it, so. uh, when Halo first came out on Xbox, my brother, my older brother and his best friend were really good at it. And they mm-hmm. would do the online stuff and they would let me play, but they would just annihilate me. Like they, they knew where of I was course. on the map and I had no idea what I was doing. And I would get so mad because they would snipe me or they had that special, like one stab yeah. sword that they come up and just be like, <laughs> yeah. First person shooters are like, not their stats were off the charts if they played with me. So I'm so bad at first. I'm like, I'm like, just follow the screen. Like I'm more like the Mario, like old school, like NES Mario. Like I can do that. <laughs> but yeah, if it's, if I have to be the one, like my point of view, like 
it's I'm not nope nope. No, all those distracted. games are great. All those yeah. games, you know, I, you know, I love Mario. You know, I love fighting games like Mortal yeah. Kombat was my mm-hmm. thing. Always growing up, and that was great. Well, you know, like you just push buttons on that one and like win. And that was like my skill was just like getting all the buttons pushed. I don't even know what I was doing, but I would just annihilate people with it. It was great. Yeah, I actually yeah. knew. I actually knew what to do. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, this is an intentional it. move. I don't, I'm yeah. doing this on purpose. I want to say my brother got like one of the magazines one time that like told you like which you know order to push the buttons mm-hmm. and stuff to do things. And I was like, I don't have time for that. I'm just pushing a bunch of stuff and like making it work. So yeah, I was a rule breaker. I don't know. Anyway, but um, <laughs> getting back to questions, yeah, um, I guess. So now that you are a Seattle Seahawk, which is so exciting for us. So what um, excites you the most about getting to be a Seattle Seahawk? You know, I just, I'm excited to play at home. I, you know, you hear so much about the 12s and, and you know, how loud and live it gets on Sundays. And that's, that's really what I'm excited about. I think that, you know, just being able to play in front of such a, you know, a crazy fan base that, that supports their team is, you know, I, I can't wait. You know, you guys have said noise records before that that's the stuff I, I want to play in front of you know just you know fans going crazy supporting their team but also i'm not gonna lie to you i'm excited not to play in altitude yeah <laughs> I, I, you know, I was I'm, I'm over it you know now that i know i'm not playing it anymore i'm so excited yeah. i don't have to play in altitude anymore so you know those are all both great things yeah. That, that's actually my next question. So how do you think it will, what will, will it be like to play at sea level? I know you mentioned it on your podcast and people should definitely tune into um, the podcast that you run as well, which is shell shocked. If you guys haven't heard of it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, but what do you think it's going to mm-hmm. be like? And what have you noticed the difference actually being having played, you know, in the altitude you've played at in Denver compared to when you travel and you play at other locations? Well, you still get tired. The thing is always to say to people is you just recover way faster when you're not in the altitude. Mm. When, when you're used to being in altitude and you're not in altitude, you just recover way faster because there's more oxygen, you know, mm-hmm. in the air. Like you actually, you just, you're consuming more. Mm. But, um, you know, that's really not the main thing. And I would say, because I have sickle cell trait, so I'm actually not even, you know, really supposed to be playing and I have asthma and so I'm not really supposed to be playing altitude anyway but yeah you know, that's, it's just it's definitely an advantage I would say for teams that um you know you know like like the Broncos where on the way games you feel way fresher mm-hmm. but then also on home games teams are dead yeah you know, like I always used to say when I was with Denver that uh you know they should never lose any home games yeah you know like it, it should really be you know a, a bow up in every, every Sunday because the altitude really does play a lot. I remember, you know, after all the games, you go talk to your boys after the game and it's just like, everyone's just like, man, how do you play in this? Like, like this is ridiculous. And it is like, it's, it's crazy. You know, when you really think about it, like I'm like, like playing in the altitude and trying to catch your breath and trying to recover as quick as we need to for football in, in the altitude. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that would be, very challenging. I can you know, I th- you see some athletes training with those like breathing masks. I think I would see Marshawn Lynch when he was playing, he'd train with those special masks. Is that in any way comparable to like what you're experiencing when you would have something that would be training your, is that training your breath? Is What's that doing? No, so it really doesn't, um, those masks, I don't think really do much for you. Like, I think it's come to find out for science because you're just breathing in your own CO2. Yeah, you know, you know, I mean, so it's not like you're actually getting the, um, you know, the the feeling of altitude. It's it's yeah. just more of like you just die. Yeah. <laughs> like I used to, I used to wear those. I, I tried that thing once, and I'm just sitting there. I was like, I'm never wearing this thing again. You're like, I'm so yeah. This is awful. Yeah. This is awful. Just just low level carbon monoxide poisoning <laughs> for everybody. Why not? Right. Um. So okay. So sea level is going to be nice, a new environment that way, but. How do you adapt to a new like working environment? So new team and new staff and all that kind of stuff. Well, you know, honestly, you know, it doesn't really teams. There's so much, you know, change over it from year to year, mm-hmm. you know, especially since, you know, being in Denver, we weren't really winning. So, you know, losing teams usually, you know, have a big change of the roster mm-hmm. you know, every year, especially when you change coaches. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, so, I, and honestly, before I was on the Broncos, you know, I was on, I got drafted by the Raiders. I, went, I was at the Jets for my camp, my third year. I was on the Cowboys practice squad uh, for like a month before. Then I signed the Futures with Denver. And so I've been on other teams before. It's not, you know, and it's just called be a person. Like, you know, I'm a people person. You know, I have no, I could talk to a wall if you give me a chance. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so um, it's just, you just go and talk to people and build relationships. You know, I'm not a young player, you know, I have a, you know, I have a family, I've been around this league. And, and so, you know, you pretty much feel like you've seen a lot where, you know, you can pretty much talk to anybody, you know? So it's, it, and I'm not, that's one thing I'm actually excited about because you just meet a bunch of new people. You know, you know, I've met the coaches and all the coaches seem cool. And, and it, it just seems like a different, um, let me see what's the word, a different well, environment, a different, they just do things differently up here. And mm-hmm. so I'm excited to be a part of it. You know, you only you only hear great things about Seattle as a veteran player. Everyone, you know, everyone knows Seattle has no problem getting veteran players to come here. Everyone loves Seattle. You know, they they definitely know what they're doing to know, you know, how to treat their players and, mm-hmm. and how to how to run an organization. So it's just, you know, exciting to be a part of that and, and to, you know, see firsthand, you know, how they really do it. Yeah, I, that's, it is a culture, right? It's a culture that I felt like um, Pete has really developed in Seattle of, of wanting to bring guys in and players wanting to come and then realizing like how incredibly gorgeous the Pacific Northwest is. Oh yeah. Even though it has its bad rap for a whole lot of rain. Yeah. And a whole lot of clouds. And we just don't tell people it doesn't actually rain all the time. We just keep that to ourselves. Yeah. (laughs) So um, there's some beautiful days out here in the Pacific Northwest. And when you have your, you know, OTAs or your training camps and all that stuff, it's, there's going to be some gorgeous days out there and at the VMAC overlooking the water out there, it's going to be nice. It's a great location. No, I'm really excited. I've never really been uh, to Seattle, obviously other than football. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm excited to just be able to explore, you know, and Canada is right there, which I think is just really awesome just to, you know, have all that at, you know, you know, all right there. It's it's yeah. really uh, you know, it's gonna be cool and it's just to be able to check out a new place. And, you know, my family's gonna be, you know, back and forth so they get to check out a new place. So I just think, you know, that's what I honestly always say that's what the league is about. The league is about going to all these new cities and immersing yourself in the city and kind of just, you know, seeing the city for what it really is. And, you know, just to go around to all these different places and and to live, which most people, you know, don't get that opportunity. So mm-hmm. to be able to live in all these different cities and just to see, you know, the Pacific Northwest, the Bay Area, Dallas, you know what I mean? Denver, mm-hmm. like, it's just, it's so many different metropolitan areas that I just, you know, I love it. This is, this is, this is the best, this for me, this is one of the best parts of the league. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited to get up to Seattle and I'm really excited to, you know, get started and start looking around. That's awesome. So you did mention that you've met all the coaches. So they have a new defensive coordinator in Clint Hurt, who's been with the team previously and associate head coach um, for the defense, Sean Desai. And a lot of people are really excited for that um, up in Seattle. So what have you talked about with them at this point? Have you guys talked in depth? What, how you're going to be utilizing the defense? What would that look like for you at this point? Have you discussed in depth? Well, we, you know, what we really kind of talked about is more of, um, you know, just like the scheme is pretty much going to be the same as what, what I ran in Denver mm-hmm. you know, to the T of some of the same calls. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so it's going to just, uh, uh, you know, trying to get acclimated to, you know, the couple new calls and, and just the new defense and just kind of really, and they see my strengths being more like I can, the thing is I can play anywhere on the D-line. You know, and I think it's more about the defensive end position. Uh, and obviously, they're running a 3-4 now. So, you know, the uh, defensive end position is, you know, where I've been playing the last three, four years. And um, I, I like, I love, I love what the, you know, what, the, what it sounds like. You know, I mean, it just seems like it's just, um, you know, it's just opportunities for players to make a lot of plays. And, you know, that's, you know, when you're running this type of defense, it is a lot of opportunities for players to make plays. It's, it's it's going to be chances for turnovers. It's going to be, you know, you got to get pressure. You know, you got to get pressure on the quarterback, and you know, you got to force him to make bad decisions and get some turn and get some you know, sacks and yep. fumbles and turnovers. You know, you just got to create havoc. And so, I, you know, I've always been a fan of this um, of this defense. I, I'm happy I get to stay in this type of defense, and and I think you know, Coach Herrick is going to, uh, you know, he's going to get us right. I'm excited to see that go down. Yeah. I think the defense is, yeah, going to be solid this year. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm liking it. I'm liking it so far. It sounds good too. So, um, have you connected with any of the, um, current Seahawks players or, you know, or is there somebody that you're looking forward to playing with that you haven't gotten to play with yet, or that, you know, you've been talking to and it's kind of getting you jazzed up for, for being on the team? Well, no. So I know, um, you know, Gabe Jackson, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we got, we were the same draft class in Oakland. Um, in 2014. So, mm. you know, we, we've been, you know, we, we've known each other for a while. And, you know, unfortunately, I saw him just let go of Benson. And Benson mm-hmm. was my dog for Oakland, too. Like, that was one of my guys. And he was one of the, you know, big ones up there telling me that uh, it's just, you know, you're going to love it. You know, everyone mm-hmm. that I've talked yeah. to, everyone that I've talked to that's been, I've never met anyone that's been to Seattle and been like, I hate it. <laughs> you know, you know, and and, yeah. and that's, that's the cool part about it is, like, it's just that, if, if they've been in place, you know, the, you know, the, the head pieces, you know, talking about, you know, Pete and John, they've mm-hmm. been in place for so long that like, this is a culture that's been established and, and, you know, the league knows about it and the players don't about it. Mm-hmm. And, but, um, you know, when it comes to the players, you know, I haven't really necessarily talked to, you know, many players. I've been, it's the off season, you know, we've been, yeah, so, true. been so busy. You know, I talked to Q, you know, Quentin Jefferson, like when he yeah. signed, him, you know, you know what I mean? But it's, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to get up there. And like I said, I really don't know many people on the team. I've never, you know, met a lot of people on the team. So I'm actually, you know, excited to just get up there and meet everybody. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be good. All right. So um, what expectations or goals for the 2022 season do you have for yourself? Um, you know, I always expect the most out of myself. You know, my goal is always, you know, if you're talking individual goals, my goal has always been like Pro Bowl, All Pro, like, you know, just put it all together and, you know, I have a couple of six sack seasons, you know, five and a half, you know, my goal has always been double digits. Yeah. You know, try to get to 10, you know, I always say, if you don't expect the most from yourself, no one else will. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just expect, you know, to be one of the best defense linemen in the league and, you know, just, you know, show, you know, show the Seahawks that, you know, this actually might've been, the, you know, one of the best crazy the best moves that they've move. made. Yeah. yeah. A smart yeah. Move. yeah. Well, that's, that's the goal. You know, you want to go out there and be like, Hey, um, you know, you got three hell of players and, and you know, turn these draft picks in, into, you know, some quality players and, mm-hmm. you know, some, you know, some building blocks and you never know what could happen. You know what I mean? So. You're giving you know, me the goosebumps. Gotta, <laughs> you just gotta, you know, I feel it. I just, I just think everybody else needs to feel it. You know, I just think, you know, we have, we have some dogs and I'm, you know, I'm excited to go to work with these guys. Yeah. And I'm really excited. You know, obviously it was a shock when that news came out for the trade, but I've really, I mean, Pete with the presser that came out after it was so quick that I got on board with everything he was saying. It doesn't take much for Pete to start talking and all of a sudden I'm bought in. (laughs) Right. And I'm like, that's what makes him a great coach. Yeah. Um, but I'm really excited given the fact that the cap space is increasing starting, I believe next year. And with all the draft capital that they'll have that they're going to invest in a younger team they're you know, whether Pete's trying to, you know, get a younger team put back together, they took a young team to the super bowl and won it back in the day. Um, if that's what happens in the next two, three years, if they're able to really put something great together, I mean, yeah. this could be a really quick turnaround of a powerhouse team and in, in a great division. So I'm really excited to see how that goes too. But I agree, you know, they got three great players, a lot of great yeah. draft capital and excited to see that go down. You yeah. Know, I'm really excited actually to get, uh, you know, play in this division. You know, I've actually, you know, never, you know, when I was on the Cowboys, I was on a practice squad, but I've never been on it, like never played as an NFC team. Yeah. Also, you know, I would say this, you know, comparing this AFC North and AFC West, you know, these are talking about, you know, the top divisions and, you know, in the league. And you always want to play the best, you know, to be the best, you need to play the best. Yep. Yeah. So I just, you know, I'm really excited to actually just be able to play and, you know, because, you know, this league, you know, AFC West, they are run a different type of offense. You know what I mean? Like you got, you got San Fran, LA, and, you know, in Seattle, you know, they're running the outside zone play action uh, scheme off of, off of the outside zone. And they got Cardinals who, you know, just go crazy. Just, you know, just <laughs> throw the ball yeah. everywhere, throw the ball everywhere. And that kind of just yeah. do his thing. But, um, you know, this is, a, this is definitely a very competitive division. I'm, and, and it's going to be awesome to play. Yeah. 
I mean, I think there's, it's, it's interesting hearing you talk about it. Cause it's great to hear another perspective. I like to say that I'm hashtag learning sports because you know, I'm Michaela's into a lot. And so I'm like, all right, I can learn stuff. Why not? Right. Like do things together. So, um, so as somebody who's kind of like new into getting all this stuff, I like to kind of know more about, you know, the people part of it too. Right. And so, um, you're a person, but you're also an NFL player. So what's like, what's the most challenging part of being an NFL player that you kind of wish people had a better understanding of? Uh, you know, that's a great question. And I can say, I'll say two things, you know, I'll say, you know, that we're human, you, you know, we're not here for your entertainment. You know, we're here. This is our job. These are our livelihoods. These are for, you know, this is how we support our families. Um, you know, it's just, I just hate the way that some fans think they can talk to athletes. It's just, mm. it's unacceptable. You know, we don't give a shit about your fantasy football team. <laughs> you, know what I mean? like, you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's, it's, I don't care if you lost by, you know, three points or anything like that. Like it had, like we, if, like think about it. Like if you're that angry about something that they did, imagine how they feel. Yeah. You know, it, you know what I mean? Like it's just, it's it's tough it's just you know but you know it, it, it comes with the job but also it's just you know i don't know if the pandemic you know made things worse with the way that people treat people for some reason but it's just you know people just need to treat people like humans even mm-hmm. athletes are humans you know it's just mm-hmm. you know that's always been one of the main thing and i guess one of the hardest things is just being away from my family you yeah. know all the hours you know, you put in. And I hate it when people say, oh, you make a lot of money. Well, money doesn't, you know, fix the time that you miss with your kids. Mm-hmm. You know, the money doesn't fix the times so that you, you know, you know, you might miss your son's, you know, your kid's first steps or, you know, something like that because you're at work. Like, and man, actually, you know, what's crazy is, you know, that, um, or two years, almost two years ago, two seasons ago, I almost missed my son's birth mm-hmm. um, when we played the Chargers uh, at the end of the year in L.A., my wife's water broke, but then, you know, they flew me back after the game and I was able to make it. But, you know, these are the moments that like, you know, we sacrifice and I get it is, you know, every decision, you know, is sacrifices and consequences that come with it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's the one thing, you know, I was, you know, wish I could be around more, you know, during the season. Cause it's even when you're around, are you really around? You're watching film, you know, you're getting body work done. You know, kids usually go down by eight o'clock, you know what I mean? So it's just, it's it's a lot, but, you know, if I could have more time with my family, I would love it, but who wouldn't, you know what I mean? But who wouldn't be? It's just, you know, that's why you surround yourself with your family because those are people you want to be around. But yeah, those are, I would say those are my, I guess my two things about Yeah. I'm huge on the kind of mental health aspect of things for players and just kind of seeing some of the, the, I mean, social media is huge, obviously with mental health and how people just have this platform where they just rip into players or whatever they've done. And I just sit here and think, man, what if somebody was criticizing all of us in our jobs like that every day, no no matter what your job is, somebody's sitting there and judging how all of us are doing in our job. And like you said, if we're saying what we're saying, then how do you think I would feel as a player if I knew that I had a tough game or that we yeah. lost or yeah. whatever it is? So the human being component of it is that like you at the end of the day are continuing to live your life and you have a family and we have our life and our family. We're human beings. Yes. And you have a job where you get to play in an NFL on a and to play a sport that you love, but that doesn't make you any right, any different in terms of being a human being that has. Yeah the thoughts and the emotions and the things that go with what we do on a day-to-day basis. So yeah. I'm grateful that you shared that. I think it's a really important message. Well, it's like, it's like, it's kind of like, I'm I like, you want to like, yeah, people want to like say stuff to me because I'm living my dream, mm-hmm. you know, like, and I can always say that, like, I, I really don't get that mad about stuff because at the end of the day, I'm so blessed. I'm living my dream. You know, I mean, I'm doing what I've wanted to do since I was yeah, a little yeah. kid, and I'm able to do that and provide for my family. Like I'm, literally, I'm the happiest guy. You know, that's why it's just like, why, why be angry? Why, why be that angry? But then it's just people, 
for some reason, people just don't want to see people that happy. <laughs> you know, there we go. So that's true. Yeah. So it was it. just like, so how true. can I bring you down to my level? You know, because mm-hmm. obviously misery enjoys company, but yeah, you know, it's all, you know, I, that's why, you know, it only can get you so much. Like I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy, <laughs> you know, I'm not truly yeah. really happy. And, and that's why people are like, Oh, are you like, you know, sad about getting traded? I was like, I still get to play football. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. so it, it, you know what I mean? It's, it, it, it's just, this is, this is my dream, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's nothing else I'd rather be doing. So, you know, you can only let people bring you down so much. And that's a mentality, right? The way you approach life and your perspective on it mm-hmm. and just saying, you know what, I'm grateful that I'm here in this place and I'm blessed for it. And it, yeah, of course it doesn't take away from any things that you have to process. Right. And, and it kind of leads me to my next question. I know that it's going to be really hard. You're a family man to have to be away from your family more than you already are. Mm-hmm. Cause I know that you're going to be traveling up this way. You're going to travel home and try to spend as much time as you can. How do you see yourself adjusting to that? Like you emotionally, physically doing that process of the traveling and being away from family. And how do you think your family is going to like, do you feel like you guys are in a good place and you guys have processed that? You know, it's going to be tough because, you know, since, you know, since I, since we came to Denver, we've had two kids, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. two more kids. So we have four. Um, and all they know is me around every day, mm-hmm. you know, you know what I mean? And then all I know the last four or five years is me around every day. Mm-hmm. They're like seeing them every day. So, it's going to be, that's going to be the, you know, the adjustment. And it's just, you know, obviously you got to FaceTime, but like, you know, they're going to, there's still be, you know, two, two and a half weeks out of a month or whatever, but still just being away any of those days, it's going, it's just, it's going to be tough. It's going to be an adjustment. But then also one thing you got to like, you know, make sure you don't do is that you get stuck in your routine of when they're not there, when they come, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like, you know, you got to enjoy it. Cause you know, it, it it's been times I remember before uh, when I had got to Denver, we had two kids and my wife would come out like my first year. They didn't, they didn't live there. They would come, you know, they were doing the back and forth. And I would just get like annoyed because I'm like, I- I'll be so stuck. And, you know, you know, Wednesday I'm getting body work. I'm about to go do this and do this. And, and it's just got to change. You got to just be flexible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You really just got to be flexible, but you know, it's just that's just being away from my family, um, being away from my wife, being away from the kids. You know, missing them grow. It's like as crazy as that sounds, you know. But it's just, yeah, you know, just yeah. missing them. You know, grow every day. And I swear, like me and my wife went on vacation in Mexico like a month ago, and we it was just me and her. It was the first time we went out. We went out of country just me and her in like two years. You know, and. I come back and I feel like my son, my, my youngest son, who's, you know, he's what, like 15 months now. He's, I thought he was just doing so much more. I was like, <laughs> yeah, Man. it happens fast. Yeah. yeah. You know, so it happens real fast. And so it's just, it, it's, um, that, that's, that's really where a lot of that, you know, the pain from moving comes from is just being away from them and okay. being away from your family. And, and it's kind of like you're becoming a part-time parent again, you know, and, it, yeah. and it's just like, you just it just sucks, but you know it's it's I always say honestly because I'm like, it's not like I'm living in Seattle, you know. Like to be completely honest, like you know, what I mean, it's not like I'm I'm living there. So it's it's not hard until the season, and the season at most is five, you know, five months. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you can make the sacrifice for five months, and but then also my wife is making the sacrifice, and now she has all the kids. Yeah. You know, so it's um it's it's so it's it's a lot of you know both of us, but you know I wouldn't be with somebody that you know couldn't handle it. So I, I think yeah. you know, I feel like she, you know, she 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 the most of the burden goes on her, and so this is why I feel you know this trade would be a lot easier for me because I do have a rock star for a wife, mm-hmm. you know, and so like she'll be able to figure it out, like she'll be able to handle it, and 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 you know, we'll all still have a good time with it. So, you know, it definitely makes things a lot easier knowing, like, you know, that I have her on my side, you know, so Mm -hmm. we'll be all right. You know, we'll be good. Yeah. That, that like communication and that perspective and the relationship, like 
that's really it's a solid foundation. It's, yeah, it's yeah. it's really needed, and so that's that's great. That's so that's I'm so happy good you, to like hear. You yeah, have that in your life, it's so good that's to hear. So good. Is, well, yeah, well, it's, it's, it's you know, and that's yeah, if I have a good one. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Is she around? Can so, she hear you? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, she's actually she's, she's actually gone right now. Oh, As a, one of the oldest had softball today, so she's loving all the kids around right now. I coach little league. So I know we had our first little league game and I'm coaching five, six and seven year olds. And we had our first game on Saturday and it was Mm -hmm. adorable. So it was, it was, it was young kids. Softball is awful to watch. It it doesn't get good until they like, until they can consistently pitch and hit the ball. (laughs) Yeah. It's coach pitch. So it it helps a little bit that it's a grown up pitching it at this yeah. point, but um, but seeing them in the catcher's gear and everything it's was so like, big on them. It's they so can cute. barely bend their knees and walk. It was the cutest thing. So yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, we appreciate all this time. So I'll want to wrap up our conversation a little bit with kind of the most important question of the night. And so, are you ready? You re- it's the most important one. You you can do it. okay. Um, it is. What is your favorite part about being a dad? You know, actually, you know, I was actually talking to one of my non-kidless, you know, my one of my kidless, kidless friends or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think the best part is when you come home and dad, yeah. dad just, <laughs> you know, you have your little best friends with you all the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just think that uh, watching them grow, you know, watching them grow into their personalities and, and just uh, watching them become individuals and just being themselves and just and just being there, you know, that's, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I, it's all, it's amazing being a dad. I, I always say it's probably, you know, it's my best, it's my biggest accomplishment. I'm my uh, best yeah. friends are, like, as all my kids, uh, you know, they, they make me proud every day. And, and so, you know, that, that's just being their dad. is the mm-hmm. Well, that's like the best oh note gosh, that's to like, like the sweetest answer. <laughs> this awesome um special guest segment oh on gosh, yeah um it's important to just hear you know your story who you are we really appreciate you mm-hmm. joining us for this time and we are excited to see you play this yes. season you're yes. gonna ball out i know it yes um we'll be sure to catch probably multiple games yeah um We'll just be cheering from somewhere. Our poor bank account with the number of sporting events we go to. Um, but that's besides the case. <laughs> so <laughs> it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. She had no choice. She married into a sports fan. So then she's got, yep. she didn't know this was her commitment, but I was unaware of how, how committed I was going to have to be, but it's, it's worked out. I mean, like marriage wise, I knew just sports. I didn't really realize. So. <laughs> I mean, my, my wife definitely, uh, <laughs> my wife definitely has become a football fan. Yeah, uh, fan now she knows a lot more about football than before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thank I, you, thank you guys for having me. I really, I really appreciate it. This thank fun. you so much. It is time for the mailbag segment. You've, You've got, got mail. <laughs> That's a good one. I enjoy that. All right, we're trying it out. We're trying it out. We'll workshop it a little bit. Um, let's get started though. We have a question from Life Love Rugby, and they ask, when will you have a Stacey Pates on the show? And, you know, we were chatting about it, Michaela and I, and, you know, we're always trying to, like, get ideas and, and of you know, who, of who, who we people can, want of on the show guests and who people want to hear we from. We might be able to reach out to see yeah. if they have the avail- availability or the yeah. time that fits also with their schedule, with our schedules. Exactly. And so thank you for giving that suggestion. suggestion. We will put it on our list of people that we want to reach out to and yeah. potentially bring on the show. So, so thank you. Life love rugby for yeah. the question slash suggestion. suggestion. Ooh, you did it again. I know this is getting good. Um, Brandon Kaplan asks best part of going to a quote, less popular uh, local sporting events, maybe tighter community of fans, more access to the players, pure quote, love of the game than money for all involved. What do you think, Michaela? I mean, I feel like you answered the question there, Brandon, because all of those are very valid points about why that is the best part to going to those sporting events. I would say, yes, tighter community of fans. Like if you're going to a quote, a less popular local sporting event, it might be like the same fans that you see going back to support. And so you get to know the people there. That's a really cool thing um, to do. Yeah. And then again, access to players. So for instance, if you go to a Seattle or Seawolves rugby match. Yeah. 
you can like they come down and can shake or hi- your hand yeah, you or high five like the edge of the pitch you, and they're really interactive with their fan base mm-hmm. so i like it it feels very personal you feel very close and connected to the game yeah the whole experience of being up close and personal to like it's just it mm-hmm. makes it so much fun absolutely yeah absolutely yeah i'll give that a solid absolutely do you agree yeah Is that your i answer i think so too you know i think that it's been pretty fun um i think I think the Seawolves have been a really great example of this for us this year because, I mean, as you may know if you've listened for a while, I am hashtag learning sports and kind of getting into things. And I've been to more sporting events, I think, with Michaela in the last, like, I don't know, nine months or six months or whatever than I probably have been in my whole life. So um, cumulatively. So it's it's been kind of interesting to see. And I think that, like, you know, Seahawks games have been great and all of that, like, the different kind of places we've gone have all been fun, but I think kind of that, that, that vibrant, that vibrant starfire with Seawolves, it's just like the people are all really helpful and kind and nice and supportive and everybody's kind of there. It seems like for, you know, to be, uh, to be cheering for the team and Mm -hmm. everything, the players, I mean, we don't know the players really well, you know, we're learning the names and all that kind of stuff for, for the teams because we're trying to learn so many teams, but, um, but those guys all seem really friendly and nice. Like, down there it doesn't seem like they um, seem so just like humble and down to earth and so yeah. willing to just engage and and you know like same like with uh with when we were at the ol rain game you know afterwards because you know women's sports also maybe could be considered possibly like less popular as well yes um mm-hmm. the the women on the team you know even both teams were afterwards were pretty nice with fans and, and chatting and talking and that kind of thing and um and none of these people make a ton of money in any way you know none of rugby women's, women's soccer sports. women's sports in general you know you're not making a ton of money there and you're so- not making nfl nba mlb money no, no it's not even it's not even close not even close i mean yeah. mlb would be the closest maybe but i don't even know how that's uh, well in these like hearing that you know some of these rugby players outside of the season are doing contractor jobs and yeah you know well like in the storm players like a lot yeah. of them you know who play overseas because it actually pays better to play overseas so they do that in the off season of the um WNBA and everything so I don't know I think that I think that overall you know it's pretty cool to get involved with all these sports and I know there's a lot more teams out there um in the area and I'm sure that they all have awesome kind of fan base and sports too but I mean I think no matter what I would say people who haven't tried to go to less popular sporting events maybe go maybe go try someplace or something new go see a local team be not even a professional level team go try out some of that stuff yeah i don't know give it a shot awesome yeah sticking with that good question brandon thanks um let's go over to chief gamble and uh they ask will seahawks keep or trade dk now that the wide receiver price tag sits around 28 million per year Okay, so this is a great question because prior to the Russell Wilson trade, yeah, I probably would have said there's no way that we would trade him. Right. Yeah. And I think that Russell Wilson trade has made me be a little bit more hesitant to be like, there's no way they're going to trade DK oh, Metcalf. Yeah. He's too talented. They're going to pay him. They're going to keep him. And I do think that they should. I think that now with Russell Wilson coming this next season, his dead cap hit won't be what it is now. We will have the space and the money to pay somebody of DK Metcalf's caliber at that yeah. 28 million range and still have plenty of draft picks, um, high draft capital from this Russell Wilson trade, plus what we'll gain back after we had traded our first round picks for Jamal Adams sure. the past couple seasons to build a young team around a player of DK's caliber on offense. And I think that if they were to trade DK Metcalf, then I know that we have Tyler Lockett and Tyler Lockett is completely underrated and he is excellent, but you, your offense all of a sudden without DK Metcalf is that star young player. What do you have left? Yeah. What do you have left? And so I think it would be I could see where maybe if the Seahawks were like, you know what, we're just going to get as much draft capital, completely um, just offload any huge cap hits that might come down in future seasons and have a lot of money to play with um, to build the team that we want to build in Mm -hmm. the next year or two. I could see them deciding to do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But 
it's also important to remember that the cap space is going to increase in the next year. So if they choose to pay him $28 million, right, a year, yeah, that it's not going to look as big of a cap hit as it does at this current moment with the cap where it's at. Sure. So just sure. keep those things in mind. Um, it's smarter to extend him now. Yeah. And I know that Pete Carroll has said that they want to try to extend him prior to the 2022 season. Yeah. We'll see how those contract talks go. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, DK Metcalf has said that he could see kind of that baton that has been passed to him. Sure. That torch, you know, with Bobby Wagner being gone. Sure. Wilson being gone and needing to step into a leadership role for this team and that this is now his time for this team mm-hmm. to be who he's meant to be. Yeah. And he has said that. Yeah. Um, so I'm I am curious. I think he wants to make something happen. I think he's bought in. He's been super supportive of yeah. Drew Locke and, and kind of standing up for him mm-hmm. through this whole process. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to outwardly say that um, so adamantly as I did with Wilson that they won't trade DK because the Seahawks, you know, Seahawks proved me wrong with the Wilson trade. Yeah. So I won't ever, ever again say they're not going to because they could. Yeah. I, I think that it would be a bad mood move if they did. That is my opinion. It would be a bad decision. Yeah, it would. That. I think it'd be a bad move and it would make me in a bad mood yes. um, because I, I think we should keep him around. I think that he's got excellent potential. I know people have stuff to say or whatever, but I think he's got a lot of skills, a lot of talent. I think it makes sense to keep him and price tags for all these players just keep going up. And whether we agree or not that people should be making this much money, it's literally not up to us. We are not in charge of the books, the finances, or where any of that money comes from. And as much as I'm like, you know, I'm a teacher for goodness sakes, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm looking at people playing sports, making, you know, more money than I could even imagine in my lifetime in one season, you Mm -hmm. know? And so of course we all have, you know, feelings like, oh, wide receiver shouldn't be paid that much. Like that's too much money to pay anybody who's, you know, whatever, whatever. Um, Again, we're not in charge of any of this. And so I think that if that's what things are going for, if we have the space to do it, I think that we should. But, you know, that's just me. And what do I know? You know, I'm just sitting here recording a podcast with my wife. Hashtag learning sports. sports. Just I just love the guy. That's all. So anyway, so there you go. So thank you very much, Chief Gamble, for your question. Uh, Let's move over to Rick Judd. Rick Judd with the uh, with the thinker today um, says, if you were a supervillain based on one of your biggest pet peeves, what would your villain persona be? I'll let you start this one. Okay. So, um, my pet peeves, I mean, I have several, um, is like whining and the high pitched screeching of children for no reason that makes you think they're being stabbed to death. So my supervillain persona would be very like probably moody, dramatic, um, and very loud and high pitched. But, you know, my weakness would probably be that I would lose my voice pretty fast from Mm. all that high-pitched screeching that I would be doing. That's true. So, I mean, I guess if I'm giving away my secrets of how to defeat me at this point, but my persona, I don't know what my name would be, though, but I'd probably be like, I don't know, like Hawk Crier or something. Like, I don't know, I'd probably wear some sort of like mask, have some sort of like pink feathers or something, maybe with glitter. I don't know. That sounds actually kind of like what that would be yeah exactly and i would just like screech very loudly and and whine about things yeah um what about you so (laughs) i like i a pet peeve of mine is being late oh yeah i am somebody that is like wants to be on time and my on time is like 15 minutes early Mm-hmm. And if I'm not 15 minutes early, I feel like I'm going to be late. She's blaming me because it's probably I'm true. Not, no, no, I'm saying, said. I'm saying, I'm saying if you're not 15 minutes early, if you're just on time, it's probably because of me. Yes. Um. So that, so I guess for my super villain persona, I would be somebody that's late to everything, completely unhelpful and uh, delay is time and just wastes people's time because i don't show up oh okay so you would be like the one that like you would you'd be like stealing time from people yeah i guess i'm a time stealer maybe you'd have like a clock on your chest or something yeah and all the time that you steal would like power you and energize you and stuff like that and like keep you going 
Wow. There, yeah. We okay. We we could get into this, this Rick. Could be a so whole this thing. might have to be like a conversation that we have. Yeah. Where we get we dive into this. I don't know. We might have to. I know some people who can write scripts, so maybe we can like there we go. get this thing workshop or right. something. But um. So <laughs> thank you, Rick Judd. Um. Steve Fisher asks, "What's your guilty pleasure TV show?" Ooh. Guilty pleasure implies to me like it's something that you like watch, but you don't want to admit that you watch. Sure. Is that kind of the yeah, vibe that I'm we're getting? I'm pretty sure that that's what it is. Do I have one that would be like embarrassing to tell people? I'm thinking about how boring I am at this point, and I don't actually know. I really like watching Big Brother, and it's probably not a guilty. Yeah, I don't feel like, bad about it. I don't feel bad about it. I'm not like, I don't know. I don't. I don't. This is a good question. I feel like so. When Michaela came into my life, though blessed as I was, um, I did not, my TV viewing habits had to drastically change because one, sports, and then two, you know, being multiple seasons into a series and then trying to have somebody join you is difficult. So I used to like binge seasons in a weekend and stuff like that of different shows or, you know, throughout the week or whatever. And I watched a lot of stuff that I, I, you know, now and now we watch, you know, different things. And we watch more like reality, yeah. like competition shows. That yeah, is, we watch a lot of that. I, I well, not like Survivor, but like, you know, cooking ones, music ones. Yes. Stuff like that. And yeah. then like Big Brother. Big Brother. I guess if it was like a guilty pleasure, maybe like Bridgerton or something. Bridgerton. Was yeah, it that's Bridgerton a good one. A thing from it, last? Yeah, it's a little guilty it's pleasure. It's coming out again, I guess, too. So the new season. It is. Yeah, but, we do enjoy know. that one. Mm-hmm. There we go. So we'll go with and that. And if it's movies, Steve, I would say the Hallmark Christmas movie is my complete guilty pr- pleasure for talking movies. Yeah, it's true. Um, I'm a rom-com gal. She does love a good predictable plot. That's for sure. I'm so boring. No, you're not. You're amazing. You're easy to be with. So thank you, Steve Fisher. And going to a different Steve, Steve Olson. Uh, Steve Olson asks, what were you both like as kids? And then also said, I have a sense you're both kind-hearted and still are. To which I say, you are very sweet, Steve Olson. I apparently was a terror until I was <laughs> <laughs> as a small child, but but that's okay. I think I must have grown out of it because, for the most part, at least. Do but, you have any stories you would? I mean, I, we won't take up too much. We won't take time. Up too much time. No, I mean, I think like as a kid, you know, it was just um, like I wanted to hang out with my older brother, and he didn't always want me to hang out with him. He's like literally a very nice person, but you know, just like little kids, like trauma, yeah. like drama and Siblings. stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so some of that sort of stuff, or um, I just, I was just like kind of loud. I probably, the pet peeves I have now are probably because it was like kind of how I was as a kid too, you know, like yeah. probably why I hate, you know, you like, you dislike things about other people that you also like don't like about yourself. So maybe that's where that all comes from. This is like a therapy session right now. Apparently so I'm going to, I'm going to cut it off and say, I think I have evolved into a a good version of myself. I'll say that. You're a great version of yourself. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, as a kid, I was very much how I am now, like an empath. Mm-hmm. I would soak up the feelings. I was trying to, you know, if I noticed conflict, I would like to avoid it. And I would try to support people. Type nine through and through. Type nine through and through. Um, I was a tomboy. I surprise, surprise. Oh yeah, I was too. Um, I was like, you couldn't even get me to wear a dress. I loved playing sports. I liked hanging out with the boys. Yeah, yeah. Um, all should have been red flags and telling me all sorts of things as a kid. I mean, not not red flags, but just like not necessarily things. Not necessarily. Um, but yeah, no, I I liked playing around and Mm -hmm. um. Were you just as funny as a kid as you are now? See, Kate says, Kate says I'm funny and I don't think I'm funny. And she thinks it's funny that I don't think I'm funny because I, I think laugh. what you make me laugh all the time. And I don't know why, but <laughs> <laughs> um, it was I just as funny as a kid. Probably not. I've probably gotten like funnier as I've gotten yeah. older, but that's just life experience where yeah. you're just like, you can yeah. use gifs and stuff now, which really just help you be funny. Yeah, emojis are saying emojis are very helpful for things too. Absolutely, exactly. Oh, absolutely. Look at absolutely. you. Absolutely. Thanks for that question, Steve. Thank you, Steve. Wow, good times. But you know what? 
that brings us to the end of our uh, of our podcast episode yeah. this week. I just before we you know yeah. get to the actual closing podcast remarks, I do want to give a very special thank you to Seattle Seahawks defensive lineman Shelby Harris thank for you joining us so much. That was so awesome to for talk this to you. Podcast Such for a good episode twenty five. Yes, you know we had Allie Watt for twenty. We got Shelby Harris for twenty five. So I think That's that great. you know these are those special episodes that um, it means a lot when we have these guests come on and you get to know more about who they are as people and not just athletes, but also to get to know who they are as athletes as well. And for them to get to use their voice to tell their story. Absolutely. Um, It's not something I feel like that's common enough that we get to use our voices to tell our story and that people, especially in the realm of entertainment or athletics, that people are often telling your story for like, you're not getting to tell it yourself. Yeah, exactly. Other media is telling it for you you know, biographies, all that kind of stuff. Sure. Thank you again, Shelby, for joining us today. And, uh, you know, be sure to follow us on social media. If you haven't subscribed yet to the podcast, please do feel free to rate, um, leave, you know, reviews, all those kinds of things. That's all super nice and helpful. We're over on um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Um, we're at PNW showdown on all those platforms. Twitter's always the most active and uh, fun over there. So if you're on that, if you're on that, go on that. And uh, we just love interacting with all of you. And we appreciate all the reaching out and the questions and just the great, um, just the great overall C- CFAM vibe that we've got going on. It's, it's really nice. It's we really love it. Amazing. So yeah. with that being said, remember to always take care of your heart and mind above all else until next time. Hey, Michaela. Yeah. So the Oscars were on Sunday and mm-hmm. lots of people got awards and that was pretty cool. If you were to win an award for something, what would it be for? Probably my ability to support people through relationship problems or oh, my empathy for people. Sure. If it was like a skill, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm like good at like amazing at any one thing. Okay. I feel like I am like decent at a lot of things. All right. Um, do you have like playing video games, Madden? You're really <laughs> like you're really good with video. I'm games. pretty good at video games, so maybe yeah. it'd be like a gamer award or something like that. That could be fun. That could be fun. Yeah. Um. I think. Gosh, if I was gonna win an award for something, I think I, I I'm really good at reading books to kids and everything. You are. I'm really good at that. So maybe I would get some sort of award for like you know being a a book reader, reader an out loud book presenter, um, a read aloud specialist or something. I don't know, something like that. But yeah, I'm good at that. I love it. Thank you for listening. I wonder what you all are good at. You should and share with us. Maybe you should tell us about it. Until next time.